Each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. Oh, wait, with your host, Keith Barney. I forgot. And Mike? What's happening? <laughs> Way back in high school. I was too into dancing, okay? I forgot. Night, my Man. mom watched QVC, so I was no There was no TiVo. What could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. What's in the box, Mike? What's in the box? The slow death of not so slow death of people buying actual gifts for one another and not just mail ordering them. Actually, Keith, the answer is probably Omicron. It very well could be. And on that wonderful note, welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which me and my mic. Should we just start over? This is a disaster. No, no way. We are in. And thank you. That's the sweetest thing anyone's ever said to me. I am yours, Keith. Uh-huh. You've got my heart for Christmas. Oh, that's so great. I've always been disappointed with my presents. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to talk about David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week, we are talking about season seven, episode 16, special deliveries. We all know how I'm doing. How are you doing, Mike? Hey, you know, I'm doing all right. It's a uh, fake it till you make it season where we scramble to make last minute plans for the holiday. Our fa- is Jen's mom coming? Is she not coming? Are we driving out to Long Island? Are we doing this? Are we doing that? Should we have it figured out by now? Probably. Should I have all my gifts bought? Most likely. Or am I still waiting for them to arrive in the mail, but sadly disappointed that they're not showing up till January 17th? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, that that all sounds right. I mean, at this point, like making plans is sort of silly uh, because if uh, you know if you're if you're listening to this historically, we are recording this on December eighteenth, two thousand twenty-one, uh, right at the leading edge of what is going to be the Omicron uh, fun throughout the holidays, where. Uh, we're starting to see, I think there were six or seven Broadway shows down yesterday. The, the entire uh, Rockettes. The entire Rockettes shut down for the rest of the season, and which is, uh, you know, a little a little startling. Uh, although I we were discussing it yesterday. Um, you know, much more data to come, so this statement may look rather foolish in the future, and I apologize in advance on that, but if people are vaccinated fully, it seems as though uh, the cases are way up, but the serious cases among those vaccinated seem to be down, seem to be um, relatively low, which is really good news and probably something we're going to have to get used to in the future. Uh, for the unvaccinated, I don't know. That's on you. You don't, you know, it's, uh, if, if you, if you don't wear a seatbelt, all we can do is remind you to wear a seatbelt and, uh, I don't know, we'll ticket you 25 bucks if you're not wearing it. But after that, that's on you, bud. People don't need to hear me say this. Uh, 
hopefully. But, eh, well, I'm going to say it anyway. It's on my mind. This is what we do. We do talk it, it out. Uh, the problem with what you just said, Keith, though I agree 100%, is that even amongst the vac- vaccinated and those who are doing everything right, there are the immunocompromised of us, correct? Uh, yes, and there certainly are. Because it turns out a, a very large chunk of people have decided to not be vaccinated and not heed the very easy if hey if that's your choice there are still other things you can do to protect somewhat protect yourself and others but it seems people have chosen not to do that even in and new york is a great example it was an example in the very beginning of this pandemic it is an example now new york has been pretty stringent on their vaccination rules and where you can eat and all the things you can do and they've for the most part, I think, been an example of, of how to get things back to a normal. Uh, but even the best laid plans can be destroyed if uh, things mutate because we can't get everyone yep. on the same page. Yep. No, and it's it's absolutely true. And I think that, you know, I think everyone is frustrated uh you know, frustrated by the situation in general and, and how destructive and sad and, and scary this all is. Um, but that's sort of a, you know, force majeure. That's that's yeah. fate. But people's behavior and not uh, protecting themselves and others is something that is, uh, frankly, unforgivable. So uh, do your own research uh, into not being a monster and take care of yourself and others. Get all of your vaccines and frankly it's it's going to happen I, I have a feeling we're going to be living with this forever like every six months for the rest of our lives we're going to get a covid shot just like our flu shot and it's going to be important that we do that anyway why don't we move forward to a a, a cheerier topic uh and uh, i believe we have some uh some hot animal content mike uh in a little segment we call We have tried for years to make this podcast a success. We failed. It's time to give the world what it was. Meow, meow. Hot cat content. Meow, meow. Hot cat content. Meow, meow. Hot cat content. Oh, Keith, I'm so happy that you pitched this as happy news. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. So... Y'all, my fit, my fish that I inherited from my sister as she went mm-hmm. away on summer vacation, uh, I took him over and him or her, unclear, uh, and they. they, yes, and it's been great because all of my years before I got married, when I lived in the city, I had I didn't have a pet, so I had a little fish that I kept alive. I've talked about it before, and they live forever, like three, four, five years each, and. Uh, so I took over my sister's and it was great. It 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 really speaks to my sort of uh, OCD in a way. And and long story short, this fish has gotten pretty sick recently, and I thought that it could potentially be because it's wintertime now, and they really thrive in like seventy eight to eighty degrees, and it's not that temperature in my my apartment. So I got them a heater, all these things. Still, they still not responding well, getting really lethargic not eating, you know, all the signs of, like, fishies about to exit this plane. And, uh, but, in, you know, kind of tied to what we were talking about before, Keith, you know, 
this COVID surge now is just a reminder of like how little control we have over things. Even if you think you've got it back, you know, your vaccine. So anyway, I've now like, I, I found myself pushing my need for control onto this fish, poor fish. I should probably just let nature take its course, but God damn no. I bought a bubbler. I bought another heater. I've tried to like get the nitrate levels and the ammonia levels in the tank properly. I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to brute force will this fish back to life. Uh, but I feel that maybe after the holiday, you're going to see on a podcast where I introduce the world to new fish. New fish. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that's. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh. But I, I think at this point, you know, I, I certainly wish your fish well and uh, hope <laughs> that it is. Uh, hope that it makes it. Of course, we all do. But it, it's funny how we're all searching for some way to control something, some way to like have some sense of efficacy some sense of uh controlling your own destiny and and for me it's it's the weirdest thing i after so many years of just like not caring about such things now i'm like dishes can't be in the sink for yeah, whatever funny. reason it's like a new development it's like in the last year i'm like no no there will not be dishes in the sink i don't know why i now care about that with like a fiery passion uh i don't know why like i think you i don't do know. know why I think you do some search for some level of control over our lives. Um, but for all who are curious and worried about our mental health, I do want to say that luck. Thankfully, my insurance now just sent me a, a flyer uh, that all telehealth mental health services are now covered fully free out of pocket. So no kidding. Really? The second I got that mailer, I was on that my insurance website and i have now uh i have a couple of consultations coming up right after the holiday to see who i will be proceeding with oh future. fantastic oh yeah well i i i do that i'm a i'm a better help guy yeah i was, and, I was uh, sad to give up my new york therapist but uh just couldn't afford it any longer yeah. and uh now i'm happy to be back on the the train Wow, well, I'm gonna have to talk offline see if I can get my insurance to do that. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, on all of these, you know, we've we've started oddly depressing today. Yeah. Let's, well, uh, guys, what's let's, the name? What should the name of Keith and I's sort of just like we're just gabbing and talking about mental health and mundane daily bullshit? Uh, what should that podcast be called? Because it sure as hell the out of practice podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, by this point, it's just the Out of Practice podcast. But guess what? We have a uh, we have a new person who has joined our filings and subpoenas hey! with some interesting questions uh, in a segment we call Filings and Subpoenas. Filings oh! and Subpoenas. Filings and Subpoenas. Filings and Subpoenas. Okay, so we have heard from our new friend Anton who has hey, some questions and he said uh, been watching some of you and Mike's videos on the practice found them entertaining my question is and, and this is interesting because it, it asks us to zoom out a little bit okay um and and perhaps we can give a slight preview of where we might be headed uh for our series ending oopsies but the question is what is your favorite season and episode of the show uh which couple do you think uh, yeah, all right, so that that's part part two. So uh, I I gave back some general answers, but in in a in a very quick off the top of your head general answer, what do you think the fa the best season or two or episode or two have uh, the practice have, have been on the practice thus far? Well, without like really going back into and looking at the stuff, it's hard to answer 
So we will get much more specific when we wrap this up for real. But I do recall, I think it was what, season three or four, where we end up in uh, at the at the at uh, Fenway Park with the big wedding. Mm-hmm. I found that to be a satisfying conclusion to a season. That recall, I, re- I remember that feeling like a nice, pretty bow on top of a nice season and wrapping it up. Um, as far as favorite episodes, I do. I have to say, even though I know we've talked about how problematic they are, I think the Joey Herrick episodes mm-hmm. stand stand out to me as well as the. It still stands out. The original, the first death penalty episode we did with Jimmy in that very documentary style. Uh, yes, uh, that was, uh, it was in season two. It was uh, the pursuit of happiness. No. Uh, Spirit of America. That one, that one sticks out to me as mm-hmm. one that really moved me because it, it was, yeah, it was a bottle episode, but it was also, I think, the show distilled to what it does best, which is take it, take an, I take a topic, explore it, and show character change mm-hmm. because of it. And I thought it did that very well. So that's for now what I'm going to go with, uh, so as to not be verbose. No, I think that I, I, I agree with you. I think for me, uh, just off the top of my head, I think seasons four and five in the middle of the series, I thought were probably the strongest. Uh, yes on the, I mean, yes on, obviously, Joey Herrick is problematic looking back, um, but the episodes themselves, op- <laughs> setting aside the problematic parts, are really excellent. I agree, Spirit of America is, is great. Um, I certainly liked uh, Mr. Hinks Goes to Town, I think is is a terrific episode. The the Anthony Held uh, episodes were really good. The Super Bowl episode was really good. So, uh, all right, so here's part two of the question. And this this is one I feel Before like Before you get to question two, because yeah. I want to I want to put this into the universe and so maybe one of us will remember to talk about it when we get to the end. Not a chance. Is is I think that one of the big takeaways Keith and I, and I agree with you. I love the characters and thus I love I've loved this experiment we've done. But one of the things I'm interested to talk to you about because I think I think it'll be really interesting to talk to you about because I'm like we said I'm going to adjudicate it based on my one and only watch through whereas you are revisiting something that you held a, a, a love for in your heart I'm curious if you'll have changed your opinion at all because for me what I'm seeing I I I what I think I might love more than the show is what the show could have been it was mm. so close if it had there's so many episodes or arcs or even characters Mr. Hinks is a great example where if they just deked instead of danked, it could have been like superb. You know what I mean? Like they end up killing off characters that could have been incredible. They, right, they right. add pieces, they, you know, and there are reasons for all of those things, I'm sure, that we won't get to get into. But there are so many uh, inflection points throughout the arc of the whole yeah. series where it could have gone to like a place where it could have gone West Wing. You know what I mean? It could have been iconic. Well, I I think West Wing being the notable exception, I think we're going to talk about the uh the limitations of you know 22 episode network television that we have speaking we 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 danked instead of dinked uh <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on prestige television mm-hmm. between then and now. You know, now there would be 12 episodes. It would be on a streaming service, so there would there would not be the censorship they were dealing with. They would have had a little bit more time. They wouldn't have been limited by 42 minutes. 
and all of the act breaks that they have to wake like what you see here is not a lack of aspiration but a a bunch of limitations that are in the in the medium that they were on that um i think and you see david e kelly today doesn't really do that anymore now he works in in a uh in a pool that gives him the freedom and time and money to get closer to what his he would actually want to do and not have to a be limited by the the, the time frame and you know the 42 minutes and the and the censorship and the blah, blah 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 but also not having to pump out 22 episodes a year for seven eight years that is just to so much material it's it's like what we do if we only did eight episodes of out of practice it'd be probably pretty good but instead yeah. we have like 200 and you know they you, you see the it starts to stretch a little well though us much like like you just said television and and television writing uh will evolve and learn from those past mistakes <laughs> we will we will we are going to learn from this experience as we move forward uh all right so here's part two of the question which yep. i i found super interesting and i think we can we are closer to being able to ask to answer this question now and that is which couple do you think is the best match bobby and Lindsay or bobby and helen Well, we didn't really get to see the um, Bobby and Helen much. behind the scenes, right? Um, you know, I will say that there are there are a lot of challenges with Bobby and Lindsay, uh, but I like that it's not just what I've inter I found interesting is that we've gotten to see a lot of those warts, right? And we've mm -hmm. gotten to see Bobby be kind of a, a bastard, but we've also gotten to see him stick by her and we've seen some of their conflict and conflict resolution styles and for better or for worse. And so I like that depiction. And I, I like that what they didn't do was, uh, will they, will, will they, won't they? Okay, now they're together, now they're apart. Now they're together, now they're apart. Now, do I find some of Bobby's behavior, not really Bobby's behavior troubling, because yes, some of his like weird, uh, I don't wanna call them affairs, but whatever, his Black Widow obsession uh, but it's more the writing sort of dismissal of them, right? And that, and then we're just back to the romance and we're never supposed to question. I, I have problems with that. But long story short, I, I would have liked to have seen Bobby and Helen because they're both such volatile personalities that it would have been, there would have been some fireworks. But that said, uh, I, I enjoy Bobby and Lindsay. I will say I do feel sad that we haven't given Helen anybody. Mm. Nor have we gotten to really, well, it, I was gonna say we haven't really explored the relationship with with Eleanor and her baby, or Bobby yeah, the, the baby sort of got deleted. Yeah, We're but like, that makes oh. sense. It's not the show's not about that. It's not Grey's Anatomy, right? right? right it's not. Right, right, it's right. not about their personal lives as much. So uh, I'm happy with Bobby and Lindsay. Uh, I, I'm glad that they saw it through and they haven't like killed one of them yet. Yeah, I you know yet. for me. For me, I'm going to answer the question from a slightly different standpoint, as opposed to like, what would I enjoy watching more? I'm going to, I'm going to go from like a matchmaker kind of a place. I'm going to be the Yenta here. And I frankly think there's a better case for Bobby and Helen than there is for Bobby and Lindsay based on both of those characters limitations, right? Bobby is not going to be a traditionally great partner 
he's obsessed with his work. He's obsessed with his cases. He's obsessed with, um, you know, he's a little selfish. He's a little self-absorbed. He's, you know, he's not emotionally available, right? We've, we've seen this over and over. He's just, he's not, he's not super evolved emotionally. So I wouldn't want to like cuddle with Bobby, but I would like to have a great kitchen table, fiery discussion of the law and, and, uh, you know, get out of the way so he can pursue his passions. He's like, he's like an artist. Like an, he's, he's like George from Sunday in the park, but just about the law, not a great partner, great artist. And so Lindsay keeps butting up against that. Lindsay, I think, wants a little bit more of a traditional relationship where they're together and intimate and talking about life and kids and and being much more involved in each other emotionally. Whereas Helen feels very much like Bobby. And I think as a couple, if they could sort of just accept and acknowledge their limitations and we are going to meet on this common ground and sort of let each other do their thing, we'll see... And, and I, I think there might be a healthier relationship in that, that as opposed to trying to make a, you know, a square peg fit in a round hole, if they're both square pegs, I don't know, maybe they could have found a way to make it work it out. I like it. I'm going to, I'm going to put a cherry on top by saying what I really could have used all this time was just more Jimmy and Kittleson. Yeah. Yeah. But what's, uh, so, so if, if Jimmy and Kittleson had like a, uh, a pop culture name, what would it be? Would it be Kimmy or Jittleson? Oh, I like Jittleson quite a bit. <laughs> the good old, All right. Give him the good old Jittleson. All right. Our what do we vote got next? is for Jittleson. Mike, if anybody else would like to uh, hop in with some questions, how would they do that? Oh, my God. We love your questions. See how seriously we took that, by the way? Uh, you can you can send them to us in a variety of ways. Number one, send us an old-fashioned email, outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or you could comment right here on the YouTube so you don't even have to open up your mail program. Either myself, Keith, or moderator Phoenix Cage will get back to you in the YouTubes. Hey, you can also hit us up on the social media, at Out of Practice Podcast on either Facebook or Instagram. And hey, if you're feeling f- fancy, Anton, go ahead and... Uh, Leave a review of what you thought of the episode on mm. uh, the Apple iTunes podcast store and let us know, and we'll uh, add you to that jury. Indeed. All right. Wait, and well, not ma- only that, did mm. you love us? You can give us money, too. You can give us a one-time donation or a, uh-huh. a, a con- continuing uh, subscription. You can do that with the links in the show notes. People still do it, even though my guess is that they're not supporting us as much as just forgot to cancel. Well, uh, we accept your forgotten to cancel money <laughs> just as much as we do your intentional money. So, <laughs> love it. All right, folks, it is now time to hop back into the time machine and start talking about the era in which this episode aired. And this aired on March 24th, 2003. So, it is time to answer the question, Mike, what was going on? This day in the basement. You know, Keith, last week, uh, we made a startling uh, revelation of omission. Mm. Yes. That uh, I had forgotten about my uh, my television debut, if you will, uh, as my uh, oh. colleague and friend Tina and uh, carted me off to a Top of the Pops recording of uh, the top hit from 50 Cent and G-Unit in the club back in 20, th- 2003. 
Um, and I just wanted to let everybody know that uh, the good news is that it has not been lost to antiquity. No. It, it does indeed live on. Um, uh, I assume, yes. Yeah, there it is. Now, What's I up, am amongst YouTube that crowd. Strike? I am in that crowd there, Keith, somewhere in the very, very back, because I was oh so not hip-hop or urban. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, leave it, we'll leave it there. Um, but I will point out that I do have this image here <gasps> that points out precisely where I was. Yes! Um, you can't see me. <laughs> but we know but, you're there. But I'm there in a gray hoodie uh, wishing I was anywhere else because I, my my friend tina the second we showed up uh they it was like if they they sent me that way in the back and mm -hmm. they put her right up front with the other uh i think that's her right there if i'm not mistaken but um uh yeah amazing uh but nonetheless uh that's where i was here in making your television debut yep and they were like is wow. that the only shirt you brought and i was like yeah they're like put the hood up and don't move too much <laughs> Oh, man. Amazing. And they lip synced like a hundred times. Yeah. They've multiple takes. Well, so many takes. There you go. The magic of television, huh? What about you, buddy? That's, uh, all right. Well, that's, uh, that is exciting. Uh, so you know what else was exciting? Sort of. Uh, so this is March 24th, 2003. If you were, uh, in my family, it was a big deal because on March 20th, 2003 was the beginning of the Iraq war. Um, and, uh, certainly we were all, uh, pretty mad, pretty upset. And, and the, uh, we're sending a, a lot of emails back and forth. One of them titled the big lie, mm. which is interesting to, uh, cause we're now in part two of the big lie. <laughs> and, uh, but it was, it was funny to use that same, um, vocabulary about the pretense for going into war, which, uh, you know, didn't go great, but, uh, a lot of uh, my grandfather, which, oh, you know what? I'm going to save that for this day in the world. But I will say this. What we were doing um, as a family in Italy, in Europe, their sort of anti-war symbol became a peace flag, um, which I have a picture of here that was flying uh, on our deck in Vermont. And we had one uh, in Italy, in Alaska, in Burlington, we're all over the family. That was the sort of European symbol in protest of the war. So we were flying that flag, uh, you know, and uh, disappointingly proven right that uh, as it turns out, the pretense was fake and it was a terrible idea. So there it is. Uh, but that was, uh, go ahead. This is so many years later, actually. I'm, I'm so wrong. Like, I was just going to ask you if you remember that song that, you know, like we always, we love as a country to like get together and release a song to, to get money. And, and there was, uh, we are the world way back in the day. But then we had right. one for this, this conflict, Middle East conflict. Because at the time, the majority of Americans were not educated in the, the intricacies of the Middle East, and you know, we, it all, bl <laughs> it all blurred together. Kuwait, Iraq, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And so... But because originally back in the early '90s we had the Desert Storm and Desert Shield, 
Right. Which then right. ties in is the sort of prequel to this conflict because. Yep. But I believe that the song I'm thinking of was for those. Do you recall what that was? Uh oh! Are you gonna play the proud to be an American? Nope, no, no. There no. was an actual like, hey, donate. Let's we're singing this song. We're a bunch of artists. Uh, donate your uh, money. Okay, you'll remember once I start playing it. All right, all right. Let's hear it. I don't remember no. this. Let's see if I can get to the hook. don't remember the voices that care you don't remember voices that care apparently i did not my ears didn't care i don't know about my voice oh you can't forget that kenny g solo right there oh is that kenny g wow voices that care shouting out loud sorry i gotta go for it and Oh my God! It's Sally Field. <laughs> Sally Field. Uh, I'm gonna leave this link in the uh, the show notes. You should. You gotta watch this. Michael Bolton, Sally Field. I think that's uh, 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 the guy, Dudley Dudley Moore. <laughs> Dudley Moore. A who's who of '92 pop culture. Oh my oh. God. Anyway, uh, sorry. That has nothing to do with. I guess it does tangentially. I. You know. Look, they all can't be. <laughs> Somebody is literally throwing their iPhone out of the car window right now. <laughs> Look, if they respected their ears, they wouldn't have listened this far to begin with. Yeah, so. you're right. You're right. So. Cut it. In your heart. All right, all right. Wow, that's uh. Let's just get canceled. Play them together. Play yours too. Oh, it's playing. Only God, no other. Wow. Okay. All right. Mercy, mercy on all of us. It's it's Christmas, Mike. Let's have some mercy. Oh, wait for mercy because I'm about to play a, a recorder cover of uh, In the Club. So. <laughs> It is segment we call... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcast's This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Yes! Did you play the recorder in school? No, I think I they learned. I think us we, in music, we like yeah, we did the first like learn scales on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all played the recorder. Wow. All right. So of course we're talking about March twenty fourth, the year two thousand and three. The top song continued to be uh, the hit uh, in the club, Fifty Cent featuring Mike and Deglio swaying in a hoodie. <laughs> The top movie was bringing down the house once again with Steve Martin and Queen Latifah. 
And the local Burlington Free Press had a picture of my grandparents. Hey. Right on the cover of the local section uh, as they were protesting the war in front of the state capitol. So uh, they said the, it, the time and space converge here. On uh, on the Out of Practice podcast, my my grandfather, who we my grandparents, who we did tributes to, uh, on the show previously. All right, so now it is time to talk about something far more important than war and peace and Helen and and uh, Jittleson. A segment we call it's time, it's time, time. it's time for sports. The Boston Bruins beat the Leafs three to two at the Fleet Center with Mike Knubel scoring the winning goal in the third. Meanwhile, the Flyers thrashed the now defunct Thrashers six to two in Philly. Henson scored twice with Romanek and Amanti also scoring, and forcer Donald Brashear contributed two assists. Okay, folks. You, you you deserve this. I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! It's time to talk about the damn episode! Okay, mercifully, we are talking about Season 7, Episode 16, Special Deliveries. It was written by David E. Kelly and directed... By guess what? A first time the practice hey, director. Welcome. It's been the first. It's been a while since we've had a first time director. By directed by Ron Hardy, veteran director who uh, directed episodes of Battlestar Galactica, the reboot, the good one, The X Files, and the Mission Impossible 1989 series. Did you watch the '89 Mission Impossible series? No. I really liked that. My my Saturday night lineup when I was. You know, 89, 90, when I was a child, was uh, the reboot of Sea Hunt into the reboot of Mission Impossible, the 1989 version, into, of course, Star Trek The Next Generation, into Hockey Night in Canada, finished with Baywatch at 11, then Alcapulco Heat at, wow. at, uh, at midnight. It was a big Saturday night. I'll tell you around that around that time, like late '80s, early '90s, I was my Saturdays included two of my all-time favorites. I used to watch with my mom. Actually, I wish I could go back in time and have done like an early podcast with my mom on cassette because oh we watched the entire run of both series, and they they both aired on Saturday nights. Um, Which maybe series? Both maybe on ABC too. Uh, so, Quantum Leap, of course, um, and The Commish with Michael Chiklis. Oh, no kidding. Love the commish, man. We should revisit the commish, but uh time is short. Huh? Who doesn't uh who doesn't love Michael Chiklis? What? Yeah, there it is. All right. So, uh folks, we're now talking about the episode and we have one important thing to uh answer. What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Mm. Then what would have happened? I'm gonna keep it brief here, man. Okay. We have two things. We gotta do something that's jumping the shark, and we gotta do something that's sexy. Well, there's nothing sexier. We don't have to invent anything sexy. We've got two of the sexiest lawyers, nay, women, in the greater Boston area, in Lindsay Dole and Claire or something, uh, 
and they're 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 sitting cheek to cheek, if you will, uh, and I mean butt cheek, in a jail cell. Why? Because if you recall last week, they have this murderer buddy who mm-hmm. <laughs> who uh, did a murder. And mm-hmm. then is just like watching the murder body of a little girl in a rocking chair. And Lindsay knows where that girl is. Yeah, but she won't. She won't. She won't. She won't tell. No. And her new hire, uh, Pukey McClare, won't tell neither. <laughs> Claire McPuke or Pukey McClare? You decide. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Workshop mm-hmm. it. Jittleson. Yes. Uh, and then on the, in the on the other episode, you might or in the other case, you might recall that uh, we got the 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 Oedipal murderous couple who mm-hmm. m- m- couple i say but i mean it's a mom, mother and son insinuated and they just got off for a murder probably keep thinks it's pretty obvious i said oh, well let's let's retain the ambiguity just for the lore regardless uh somehow those two strands will cross this week keith and what mm. ends up happening because there's too much sexy in Lindsay's office right we sure. have to get claire off the show only three episodes in and so what we're gonna do is something happens, whereas in defense of Lindsay, who's being attacked by mm-hmm. either the, the murderous son and mom couple or our murder buddy client, regard one of the two, I can't decide, Trump is going to try to kill Lindsay, but in but in response, Claire McPukey does Pukelson. the murder. So she's murderous Clary McPuke. Pukelson is going to murder somebody? Three yes. episodes after joining the credits? Heard it here first, folks. Heard it wow. here first. Jump that shark. Oh, wow. All right, folks. Now it is your turn to jump over to your podcasting service of choice to listen to us. Listen to the episode. We'll see you back here on the YouTubes for the Oopsies. Ladies and germs, welcome to the holiday spectacular. Well, for us. Not for them in Boston. And if you're listening to this in the future, just ignore that I said that. In fact, <laughs> season seven, episode 16, special deliveries. Eugene wow. thinks what an that, intro. I agree that I should argue this judge obviously doesn't respond to reason. Perhaps the emotion of a husband pleading to free his wife. Well, who's going to so argue Lindsay for and me? Pukelson I, are I still in jail. Boyfriend. I'll argue for both of you. How long can they hold us? Really? Well, once a contempt order proves to be futile, it's usually lifted. But with this judge... Anytime there, somebody's... Helen. Oh. Hi. You knew this was coming. Fancy meeting you here. It's what Matthew Settle. Actually, I'm delivering something. Oopsie winner, Matthew Settle. From my mother. summons and complaint she's maintaining you defamed her during my trial she's suing me i tried to talk her out of suing Helen you, but always been she skinny, of course thinks i'm like biased towards you due to my sexual days. attraction i told her nonsense one can have a crush and still be objective don't you agree i would so, agree your conduct rises to the level of an assault you will be arrested within the hour mr bakey that's hostile. Yo, Helen Gamble ain't gonna be intimidated, Pete. Uh, no, she's not. But he just, uh, so apparently, 
our serial killer has a crush on Helen because all serial killers must have a crush on a lawyer in the case. So it's it's weird that he doesn't have a crush on Lindsay because those are sort of the rules, but uh, here it is. Oh, what's, what's the mom? So what? The mom thinks he has a crush on her, and so she then is suing her for that? Like, I missed the sue part. No, she's she's suing uh, Helen for defamation. Oh, because she insinuated that insinuating that they were, yes. So, you know, that's where we're at. It's been a week, Your Honor. Clearly, Miss Dole and Miss Wyatt aren't going to reveal the location of the body. A week is nothing weighed against the stakes. If we were talking about Man. a live hostage, that would be one thing. Oh, yeah. Cindy Burns is dead. Turn around and look at Cindy Burns' parents and tell them it means nothing to give their daughter a decent burial. My heart goes out to the parents, as does Lindsay Dole's. Like, okay, let's discuss that for a minute. Let's just mm. discuss this. It is a March in Boston, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and they've making that very clear because there is somehow the effect of snow outside the window was prominently featured in the shot. Right. And yet there is one of those industrial strength circulating fans clearly visible in the shot in the background now you would think that the set dresser would be like hey guys in a courtroom in boston we'd put the summertime fans away mm-hmm. into storage but 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 no such luck here keith uh no no well it's here here's the thing on the practice set you know you're watching love it or list it and they're like hey can we open up the kitchen and they're like oh no see that wall is structural on the practice, the fans are actually a structural part of the foundation. The whole set will collapse if you remove a single fan. Oh, well, heard it. Okay, there you go. There I, you go. I think that we all just got a window into Keith's uh, life as he used, you know, on love it to lit and li- love it or list it is his frame of uh, his frame of reference. Hey, I'm, a, I'm a suburban what? homeowner in my forties. Like it's sort of mandatory. Isn't it? I don't want to hear it, counsel. They can either tell us where the body is or go back. Well, then at a minimum, they deserve a hearing on the contempt issue. And pending that, as a matter of law, bail John has Sterling to be Carter set. as the coach and Francis I'll schedule Guyman a hearing for July 1st. Returning from last episode. Bail is set at $10 million each. Holy shit, $10 million Cash, each. no bond. Yo, this that judge, judge has got a hair up his ass. Clearly, a district attorney enjoys immunity for statements made during a trial. Qualified immunity, and there have to be boundaries. Ms. Gamble basically accused my client of having a sexual relationship with her son. Sylvia Bakey's reputation has been seriously stained. She has been discharged from her place of employment. The question was there. Her ex-husband alleged child abuse during the divorce proceedings. I think it's fascinating she that had no good faith we're continuing this case without my client our team. Being a child molester. You don't Just know Helen what she knew, counsel. So. All right, hold Look, on. Here comes Jimmy. Look, I'm loath to erode the immunity of district attorneys in criminal trials, but I have to agree with counsel. We can't allow prosecutors to simply launch baseless bombs which can destroy reputations without some good faith basis. Okay, Keith. we have a lot of people to introduce. Oh, we'll sorry. But first, yes. it's not lost on me, his last line, in the context of what we were talking about in This Day in the Basement, the launch of the, of the Iraq War. Mm. Let's listen to his line again with that framing device. To agree with counsel, we can't allow prosecutors to simply launch baseless bombs which can destroy reputations without some good faith basis. Well, yeah. well, well. 
Well, 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 indeed. All right, let us do a whole mess of introduction introductions, starting with... The judge who just spoke a little bit of subtext for Mr. David E. Kelly is played by Alan Wolf from Air Force One, The Rat Pack, Medium, and Broken Mirrors. Next up... I know that lawyer from somewhere! All right, one side of the argument we were just listening to was uh, by Gary Anello, who plays AAG Warren Michaels. The other... Lawyer there, Barry Peterson, arguing for our creepo, is played by Bruce French. Bruce French, you say? I feel like I've heard that name on this show. Uh, perhaps because he played Judge Walters in Officer of the Court. And you're like, but wait, I feel like I've heard it perhaps more than one oh, time no. before because he was A.G. Walgren in Spirit of America, which means you get the most prestigious of bumpers. We're not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before, but after a Super Bowl guest star, you've come charging back for more. So welcome back to the practice We'll pretend that we don't recognize That you were here before in season four What you do, you what you do the scenery First you were a judge who was a bitter verdict Now you are a teacher who's a bitter verdict In silence of the lands you were a bitter verdict In real life I'm sure that you're a really nice guy Welcome back to the Okay, everybody's introduced. Let's find out how the case goes. Keith, you know, I've been singing a little bit every day, doing some warm-ups and singing and doing some things. And guess yeah. what? Guess what? Remember all that voice I thought I had lost and I thought was yeah. dead and I had went to the ENT all emergency style because of my anxiety? Turns out, I can still sing. Yeah, I feel the same way about my body. I, I'm not broken. I'm just lazy. I'm just out of shape. I'm going to allow the plaintiff to take discovery. Your Honor. Come back with a motion for summary judgment if you think they come up empty, but I won't summarily kick it. I don't believe this. And Ms. Gamble, I'm extremely distressed to learn you issued an arrest warrant for Mr. Bakey. I'm extremely As you know, distressed using... to learn you've gotten a lot of plastic surgery. Whoa, the threat whoa. of criminal prosecution to discourage a civil lawsuit is grounds for disbarment. That arrest warrant is quashed. And I'll trust you to use better judgment in the future. That's all. I'll make this go away, don't worry. Looks like we'll all be spending some time together. Listen to me, Helen. Miss Gamble has represented Mr. Bakey. You're to have no communication with her. So it's interesting Helen has to have her own lawyer in the civil yeah. case and that she wouldn't represent that. herself. You're not going to believe it. But I guess it, that's probably smart. She's in love with me. Oh, shit. What? She just told me she had feelings for me. Russ, may I have a word in private, please? Yes, of course. She didn't say that to you. 
So who's the crazy one? It looks like the son. What are you doing? My mother, she's insisting on suing her. I tried to dissuade her. I'm beginning to think she's not well, Jimmy. Did you make a remark that you were sexually attracted to Helen Gamble? Is it a crime? Tell me you've never thought about it. Listen Jimmy's to like, well, what I think I'm about saying, it all the time. <laughs> Helen Gamble is a friend of mine. If you're so if anyone is going to have it, I'm very much unsanctioned sex with her, it will be me. Give We're them the, the old Jimmer Balloody. You're free to go. Judges had a change of heart. Have a lovely day. <laughs> I'm ignoring you. <laughs> what about Claire? Hey, that's what my wife said. She stays. What? Why? We consider her a bigger threat to society. What? They think they can crack you. I'm staying right here. You don't have that right. As her lawyer, I can certainly... Visiting hours are over. Guard, will you please ask court Ms. Dole out? Oh, I would like to have a conversation with Claire her. We've had plenty of time to talk. I won't be telling you anything, you pig. That's certainly your call. As Dude, I said, this would be the greatest Mike day. was right of all time. That would be really something. They obviously feel they can wear her down if I'm not with her. Physically divide and conquer. Will they wear her down? I don't think so. She's pretty tough. She might puke a few times. Bobby, why weren't no, you... No, we forgot about that. We set up as a big <laughs> thing, mind. now we're going to uh -oh. ignore it. What if she puked why wasn't grape I what? jelly? Well, Ooh. I thought the point of you arguing this morning was to get a little added emotion on our side. The husband fighting to free his wife. And? And you pretty much argued like I was just another client. Oh, boy. <laughs> you even called me Ms. Dole. What's with that? A little feeling would have been nice, don't you think? A little feeling? Well, unfortunately, Lindsay, I hate to break it to you, but uh, we happen to have another Black Widow in here, and uh, she real freaky, so... Somebody uh, just said on a podcast okay. I'd be better off with Helen. <laughs> so I'm feeling a way, and uh, this might be the end. You're accusing me of not feeling? What is that supposed to mean? This is the time of the episode where Bobby somehow makes it Lindsay's fault. Oh. <laughs> this fucking guy. May I help the you? The guy who murdered for the Lindsay girl. Doll? We'll talk later, okay? Lindsay's fourth serial killer client. Is it me, Keith, or as we go along with this guy, or do, you, do you feel like in the writer room, they're like, hey, we gotta make him more mentally ill. Every time we see him has to be more mentally ill, but like, we need it to straddle the line of like just sight gags. Yeah, like, is there any way we can take? Okay, so I just want to pitch something to you, right? Okay, I'm ready. Because we've even done this. We've we've done a lot of like horrible serial killers, right? And a lot of horror things. So like, what if we took this guy who is a serial killer? We know he's a serial. He 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 murders women. Mm -hmm. Um, who maybe uh strangled a fourteen year old to death, right? Real and then. And then uh, likes to sit on a rocking chair and stare at her moldering body, yep. right? Okay, so we got this guy, right? But maybe could we play him for comedy? Have we ever, have we ever, like a comedic take on a serial killer who kills children, who's also like uncomfortably mentally ill, but like with a nondescript illness that we don't really explain, so we feel a little awkward about it. Uh, and I'm just gonna have to ask you to use moldering a whole bunch more because that was like real well done.
Well, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know, but I'm a horror novelist, so ah. I have to come up with a. I have to. I have to use a lot of like horrible words. For yeah, uh, so maybe the weirdest, like most unevenly written. I don't know. I have no idea how I feel about this. Like, I feel gross. I feel like I thought it was kind of creepy the way they did the Norman Bates at the end of last episode. But now he walks in, and before he says anything, they have he's like making this face, and he's got this stupid, silly like bike messenger uniform on it. I just don't get what they're doing. And it feels like maybe because they don't either. No, it's going to be hilarious. What are you doing here? I need to know what's going on. Stanley, it's dangerous for you to show up here. That's why I'm disguised as a messenger. Oh, Jesus. Where's Claire? They're still holding her. Evidently, they believe they can appeal to her conscience. Now he's actually mean to exactly cause you Inspector problems. Gadget. I owe you my and life. And she's Penny. And now I'm causing you such problems. Claire and I will be okay. But you? You're gonna get caught by coming here. Is it this judge? Go, go, gadget alibi. He seems crazy. What if he were to disappear? Jesus. What? I could make a delivery to him. If you're even suggesting what I think you're suggesting. It's just, I owe you Keith, isn't everything. that the loophole? Yes. The thought. She has like 72 different pain. loopholes she Stanley, can use. You will not be making any deliveries to the judge or involve yourself in this in any way. It's almost as if Mr. Hinks, uh, the plot got delivered again. I, I don't understand why she's not taking advantage of any of these loopholes. It's very strange. It's like it's it's, it's worse than strange, Keith. It's annoying. It's because like why it's, it's well beneath Lindsay. Like she's way too smart. Well, and also like she quit her criminal practice because she was so freaked out by all the serial killers who were obsessed with her. Understandable, if not realistic. Like she has a million different ways to get this guy out of her life. And she's working so hard to keep him there for some reason. Why? So she doesn't mess up her reputation for other serial killers. Like, don't worry, next serial killer. You can trust me not to. Uh, her reputation that break she privilege. already she went back to civil law because her reputation was fucked anyway. Because she, oh yeah, you know, because she was tried for murder. Yeah. <laughs> right. If you do, I will go to the police Please. myself for Lindsay and turn you in. Are we clear? The idea of somebody hurting you or Claire. The idea of this shot being in focus was apparently not worth it. Yo, we've got the double obsession episode, Keith. Have we ever had a double obsession episode? I'm afraid I can't. Yo, was that the mom right there? Um, I I believe I signed for the package, sir. You may leave. Also... That's a very elaborate that delivery boy get-up he got there. <laughs> but I also know that that you're a mother. And if I could just appeal to I'm the... sorry, Mrs. Burns, but I can't have this conversation dumb, and dumb, I must ask master you of disguise. Please, Apparently, tell me where my daughter is. Did he actually go and get a job? I really need you to leave. I need you to leave, uh, but you might want to go stand in the elevator with that guy. Who just threatened to kill a judge, and she's like, I'm just gonna let that slide. Cause like he's been so reliable before. He said he wasn't gonna do it, so just like he said he wasn't gonna kill anybody else. 
Lindsay, I think Lindsay. we're going to stress eat for you lunch. You can't huh? hold me like this. And I have a Sixth Amendment right to counsel. You can't even legally talk Why to me. Scrubs? Claire, your constitutional rights are only relevant should you be put on trial. We don't plan to so put she's you like on trial. Then why am I in jail? Look, I know you're agonizing over this. But also, believe it or not, the law allows you to tell us the location of the body. In fact, Kyler in not is telling 21 us, you're possibly at risk this. for concealing evidence. She's a practicing lawyer at 21. No, I'm just saying, you can Makes you legally follow your conscience. <laughs> also, maybe I'm talking out of turn here, but I'm going to say it anyway. For criminal attorneys like Lindsay Dole and Bobby Donnell and so forth, reputation doesn't matter. The only thing that counts is your win-loss record. But for civil attorneys, which I believe is what you plan to be, reputation well, did is everything. And what you're doing now, refusing to reveal to grieving parents where their deceased daughter is, your reputation may never recover. Well, she's not just deceased anymore, Keith. She's officially rotting away. I'm trying to be your friend yep. here. Smoldering was the word? No, Mo no. Uh, moldering. Mr. Field. You're trying to get me to break privilege. When it comes to a lawyer's reputation, nothing is more important than honoring attorney-client privilege. It would disgrace me to violate it. Well. So don't pretend to be my friend here. That I'm telling you nothing. Much for your, uh, credibility. You can keep me locked up here forever. I'm telling you nothing. Okay, so to, <clears throat> let me let me zoom back into like the frame of the actual episode and like our clear sort of feelings about it. But let's take a look at like an interesting, maybe I'm extrapolating it, but an interesting plot point. I think it's really kind of interesting uh, to to juxtapose Lindsay's response to this versus Claire's because, in a way, Lindsay is. Uh, mentoring Claire in many ways. You know, she took her on and she, so Claire right. is learning something from her. Whereas, so Lindsay is clearly, agree or not agree with what she's doing, the way she, uh, Kelly Williams is portraying it, is clearly being torn apart. Her soul is being ripped in two, it appears, by this sort of, this, this struggle she's having between telling and not telling and her credibility and blah, 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 blah. Right. Whereas, Claire, who's, early on in her sort of legal life seems very much like this is a hill I will die on. I will, my integrity is everything and it's the most important thing. And it's, Well, it's, I think she's deferring to Lindsay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the Lindsay whole thing, is teaching like she, this. Yeah, she, she's like, like my boss said, don't give this up. I respect her. I'm going to do, you know, what I'm told here because it's not really her decision. Yeah, but she's staking her her freedom yeah. and all the stuff on it. So, you know, Lindsay also holds that weight over her. Right, right, sure. Helen is oh. trying to start her car. The second your car doesn't start, Keith, you know. Need to jump? Yep. I'm not a mechanic, but I think you flooded it a little. Oh, no he's a, he's a master killer. Come near me again, I'll have you shot dead. 
in the very same parking garage where our poor previous ADA was shot dead in front of Helen. She is confronted again by the guy who just keeps looking like the dude from Smallville, and it's making me feel weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but back it up, because Helen just... You know, when Helen makes a threat, you should believe her. Come near me again, I'll have you shot dead. I've just been late for the job. You're not the first, nor the second, nor the last person I will have shot dead. Try to help. Keith, he's not the killer. I think he manipulates his mom to be the killer. Once, Helen. Maybe you should go for a restraining Because of her sexual With what? jealousy He rate. certainly mm. had a right to be in the building. My car didn't start, so... Was what? it tampered with? But how would I know? Maybe I did flood it. I didn't dust the hood for his prints. Helen. Put the police on him. You have more resources than we do. She went In to these guys? In which case, I'm accused of using the threat of prosecution Weirdly, to discourage yes. a civil lawsuit. Come on, I'll be hauled before the bar. But There's if you no think she's threatening you, Eugene, no other I have no proof. Without asking by the way, her stunt driver was played by Michelle Sebek. Could yet... What am I dealing with here? Can you tell me that? A fucking psycho. What do you think? I'm in a lawsuit with them. What exactly am I dealing with? Look, if he does anything else, I'd go for the restraining order. It's his mother's lawsuit. He doesn't necessarily have the right to be in the room all the time. I'd like to get a restraining order now, but I need more to get it. Could you please give me something? Jimmy's like, I'll give you something. Psst. Great. Thanks. So that was a hard no, everyone. Eugene's computer's not on. Yeah. Claire? These are Cindy's parents, John and Marsha Burns. Oh, man, they're okay. That out does all it. Get me my lawyer. You don't automatically. I will scream and continue to scream until I meet with my attorney. Do not think I am kidding. I just want you to hear what they have to say. <laughs> It's one thing to incarcerate somebody, there it it's another is. to subject yeah, her yeah. to this kind of blatant she said coercion. She she was going to do. parents just wanted to talk to her. Right. There's nothing illegal about coercive interrogation, counsel. You just can't use the fruits of it at trial. The Sixth Amendment says all questions have to stop once a suspect asks for a lawyer. That's not an evidentiary rule. It's in the Bill of Rights. Look, short of physical torture, they can do anything they want. If they want to use it as evidence, that's a different story. But. So far, your only remedy could be a civil lawsuit, in which case I'd say good luck. This is an abuse of their discretion, Your Honor, and yours. Tell somebody who cares. If Claire Wyatt wants out, she knows what to do. We're adjourned. This judge is pissed. Yeah, what I, will, I was just about to say, what this show does on a number of occasions that a lot of other shows don't do as effectively or as often, I think, and I'm giving it some credit here, is that they do highlight often the kind of like unchecked power that a lot of judges have and can wield and do wield. yeah yep yep for sure for good and evil any ideas jamie's drafting an interlocutory appeal on abuse of discretion grounds i'm not sure we'll have any luck but Lindsay, are you listening what um yeah that that sounds good let's let's file an appeal 
Guess what? what Serial killer was in the back Nothing. again. Went back to the costume shop. Did you tell my son you'd have him shot dead? It's Debbie Ms. A. Monahan back We're as the mother. We're adversaries in a lawsuit. We both have lawyers. If a person threatens my son, I tend to be direct. You're here I'm sorry. taking it's issue Leslie with and me Warren. threatening your son. What? Different. I'm supposed wrong. to be okay with it? Your son's a serial killer. You couldn't prove it to a jury, Ms. Gamble. You will never prove it to me, I assure you. Well, I don't have to prove it to you. You're the one person who knows he wasn't home alone with you those nights. I didn't come here to fight, Ms. Gamble. Just... Russell swears to me that you threatened to have him shot dead. Did you really say that? A little bit, a little bit. Most. I did, yes. Did you also give him some indication that you might love him? What? You gave him no such indication. I think not. Mrs. Bakey, hold on. So you're not here to confront me, but rather to determine whether Russell's being honest with you. Your son's been acquitted. He can't be retried. Double jeopardy prevents that. Was he home with you those nights? If you have reasonable doubt, then I guess you agree with the jury's verdict. I don't care about the jury's verdict, nor do I have any interest in prosecuting you for perjury. It's understandable. Any mother would want to protect her son. But it would not be understandable to do so at the expense of others' lives. Mrs. Bakey, what if he should kill again? He's not a killer. He's threatened me. He approached me in the parking lot this afternoon with jumper cables. I beg your pardon? Yes. My car wouldn't start, and suddenly, here he comes offering to help me. Mrs. Bakey. She's giving a great performance, I Mrs. received Bakey. this message during his trial. Oh, she's an Oscar nominee. If you didn't send this, he did. Whose idea was it really to sue me? Yours? Or his? Or are they pulling the switcheroo? Is the mom just play-tending that? Keith, I right. don't know. She's, I don't know She's either. doing all the acting. What else did she say? It's what she didn't say. Bill Smitrovich is back? If I read correctly, I think it's now dawning on her. Her son might actually be a murderer. What good it does us now, I don't know, since he's already been acquitted. Keith, what if you found out your son? What if you found out Charlie Jr. was a murderer? What? What are you thinking? Well, there may you be know, a way. If, uh, if you're a mom, do you think this woman would actually is. help us now? I don't know. She seemed pretty conflicted when she left my office. I don't know. I don't, I don't think up a I could, I could make Charlie competent lawsuit. to stand trial. There may be a way. Hey. Hey. Lindsay, we seem to be in a stage of not communicating again. Oh, it's just a stage? 
Wow. I'm sorry, I guess I should be relieved to know that you at least consider it a problem. Look at that. I come in to talk, and you start attacking me. This is the part I'm of the episode not attacking where you. we find out it was Lindsay's fault all along. When, when's the last time we talked about anything? <laughs> you know what? Forget it. Ah. No, don't go ah. I came in here to talk. For the record, you shut it down. Not me. See, that is a legitimate, realistic couples exchange. And get this package out of here. It practically blocks the hall. Time out. Package. Time out. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> so clearly the special delivery, like we know what this is. There's no doubt in my mind what that is. What's in the box, Mike? Uh, the judge. So it, but, but that's not the point. Okay. I don't care what, if you happen to look out into the hallway and see mm -hmm. a, gigant, a gigantic box, which is the perfect shape of a human body mm -hmm. in your hallway, mm -hmm. So many questions. The first one would be, just get this box out of here. I'd be like, hey, did you order a futon? Uh, or who delivered this box? How did they get it so nicely? Like, clearly, someone put that, somebody brought that to the UPS store because it is perfectly wrapped up, uh, well-taped, signs no, 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 and how did, one person couldn't have carried it there. So many questions, Keith. Mm -hmm, Some bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had a bike helmet, though. In a full costume. Dude, there's no way you get a body oh, into no. a perfectly crisp brown box. Maybe it's not. Maybe we're just being led to believe that's what it is. I think it's her. What? I think that package is Cindy Burns, the 14-year-old. My client was upset about Claire being held, and he felt bad for the parents, and... He sent you the body? I don't know. I, I don't know, but, but it oh, doesn't say what it is or where it came from. I just have a bad feeling. Yeah, who... Why? Guys. I got something else, Keith. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm reaching my limit. If you have already previously accepted a package that blew up your office and almost killed two of your friends, <laughs> right. would you allow an unmarked, unsigned for package into the building? Well, it's not their building, though. That's the thing. They're renting an office within oh, the building. So a they don't six have any foot box gets delivered by somebody. They with... don't have any control over their hallways. Damn straight, they do. Somebody, it. Somebody walked. Bobby, by the time. So, so what I am led to believe. You saw the exchange between Bobby and Lindsay. It was what? A couple seconds, fifteen, maybe yeah. a minute. Let's say a minute. Yeah. So you're saying that Bobby? No, Bobby did see the package on his way in then because he did say get no. this package out of here or he didn't uh, see it no no but there is a door between their two offices so bobby didn't need to go into the hall no but he exited the same door he came he entered in well then he ignored the box okay he ignored or the box he delivered it very very <laughs> fast that's the thing who carried that box okay whatever look you have a dolly i mean mm -hmm. you know Mike, how many times have you moved a corpse in a box? Is it... Wait, now it looks like... All clear? It couldn't okay. be the judge, because it's skinnier than I thought. If it's not... If it's like a two Lindsay Dolphins... No, no, it's not. No. It's not going to be the body. Who's that blonde? Is that the mom? Oh, you my God. I have so many questions. No. Uh-oh. The dog didn't seem to... 
freak out. Oh my god, what is it? Yep, it's her. Oh, Jesus. I hope that kid got some royalties. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Get the coroner. I need you, and I need you for questioning. Interesting now, that Lindsay spoils that it's the body, but then they do this whole big reveal still. So, all right. So, I hate to interrupt this very, like, serious scene with a very you mean important that I've been question. been talking over the whole time? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have a very important question to to ask um, because you didn't even recognize who it was. Parishioners, it is time to contemplate the answer to one of God's greatest mysteries. What the hell is Jamie wearing? Okay, so Jamie Stringer, our, our new lawyer, is in the scene for reasons beyond... Or like, okay. we haven't seen or heard from Get her in episodes. I need but you, here in this episode, she's wearing like jeans and a casual. Like, is it casual Friday Did in I the office her? only for Jamie? You, you didn't even. You're like, who's that blonde? You didn't even know who it was. There she oh is. Oh my god, it is. Yeah. What is she wearing? Maybe she was they, underdressed for another scene, and they were like, "Hey." I, or or did they? Or, like was was Jessica just there on set and was like, "Hey, remember I'm on the show too." Oh yeah, just get in the scene. I'm in my I'm in my clothes I wore, you know, for my my normal clothes. Don't worry about it. Just get in the scene. So weird. I don't understand. It's very strange what she's Why wearing. Why can't in the I scene. be here? Because it's a settlement conference. Only the parties themselves may be present. Why is he here? I'm here as counsel. Oh, they're Mr. doing a serial killer job. It's okay, Russell. Oh, Smith, okay. not hold back. I'm planning to terrorize you, mother. I'll protect your mother, Russell. That's some piss-ass crap. Ahead. Keith, did you watch the end of last episode when I had Norman Bates uh, turn into you? Oh, no. I have to check it out. Yeah. You, I don't watch our episodes. Are you kidding? Mrs. Bakey, I think we're all on the same side here. Feeling your son needs help. What's going on here? Is that what this is all about? You said you had an offer. We do have an offer. It would involve me retracting my defamatory comments. It would involve us agreeing not to prosecute Mrs. Bakey for perjury. But it would also involve Mrs. Bakey's full cooperation in preventing other women from being killed and getting her son the medical help he so desperately needs. We're not talking about prison or jail. We are talking about Russell being civilly committed. Mrs. Bakey, he will kill again. I believe you know that. Oh, I see. Very fancy. We'll talk about it later, Claire. It was just delivered to you? Later. Was it FedEx or regular mail? Later, Claire. The bottom line is we can't do it without you. The standard is so high. How long would he go away for? Could be as short as four days, as long as six months. And if it's determined that he still poses a danger, he could be held longer. The main thing is to get him treatment. Nobody here wants another death. I still can't believe he did. So what's the mom's game here? 
Well, I was just going to ask you. It's so funny. I, I was just going to ask you. I was like, this has all of the trappings of a she gets him civilly committed, and then we find out she was the fucking mastermind murderess the whole time, and that's the switcheroo. I mean, this has all the hallmarks of a D.E.K. switcheroo But if she's murdering people because she's in love with them, why would she have him committed? Because because that way she can ensure that he no one else can have him. If I Fair can't enough. have him, no one else can have him. It's okay, got, I mean, all right, all right. I love that we both are like, there's no way this is just open shut. It's got to be her. It's a switch of Ruby. It's like, <laughs> poor D.E.K., like, when you've done all your tricks so many times, like, you can't, the only trick left is to just play it straight. Well, no, exactly. It's like M. Night Shyamalan. Awful don't, bring, don't, don't even bring that shit in here. The issue is whether he might do it again. We know you love your son, Mrs. Becky. She's acting the shit but out of it one way or the other. now and be a parent. They're gonna section 12 him. They're gonna what? Know. Section 12 him. What's a section 12? Civil commitment. Who Still in her civilian Jamie. clothes. Come on, Jamie. Of all of the lawyers, she's the one who should know that off the top of her head. She's always the one that comes in and it's you or Rebecca. Remember her? Told you. Oh, wait. Russell called confused as to why oh, he had Eleanor to suddenly too. go to court. I called the clerk's office. They're going to section 12 him. Oh, what have they got? He's a wacko psycho. That's what they've got. Right, he asked us to term. represent him. And you said no. Eleanor, I don't like the guy, but this isn't right. What they're trying to do here is. You said Jimmy, Jesus no. Christ. They're crazy magnets in here. They really I'll are. I'll tell them no. Now, Eleanor. So who will represent them? You do them recognize there's 20 minutes left in the episode. They'll appoint somebody. I talked to Helen. I mean, she really is freaked out by the guy. How couldn't she be? It's not like her to scare. Okay. Eight o'clock. It's late enough to go home. What do you mean by that? I mean, by the time we go home, eat, get Bobby Jr. tucked in, and we close to 9, 30, 10, we'll be officially too tired to talk, and we can go to bed. Putting off communication for yet another day. Jesus. You know why we put off communication, Bobby? Because we have a son. It's important to him that we be together, that we be happy together, that we feel happy individually. I mean, how would we ever go on pretending all that if we actually address what's going on between us? What is going on between us? Say what you have to say, Lindsay. Okay. You're I've been trying dick. to get you to talk for a year. You're the one always too tired, too overwhelmed by work. I've been trying to get you to go to therapy. You say you don't believe in it. Now, because I failed to tell you where some dead body is, you're alarmed over our communication problems? That was very How casual. How do you think you to understand that? To not be you know, I've had it. a lot of arguments with, you know, my spouse over the years. I've never begun a sentence now because I won't tell you where some body think is. Think back. <laughs> Try to remember the last time you touched me. Oh, Jesus. Our we sex got... life could be symptomatic of our communication. I mean, that question by Anton was, I mean, Keith, you knew how precedent it was, right? I, I did. 
communication Actually, no, I, I, I responded to the email that before I watched the episode. So. Excellent answer. Yo, if Here's you break up, I'm out, dude. Fuck this. You're not in love with me. What if I... And I, what if she I may not be a mind reader, but... I can certainly tell when... You know, given your newfound commitment to the truth, let's just commit to it. Come on, Lindsay. Puppy's a Catholic. He's going to work it out. With me. He's got to try. He's got to fake it at least. <sighs> Delivery Jesus for Christ, Ball. he's dressed as a bellhop. What the Jesus Christ? Costumes and fun. I put a body, I put a girl in a box. Um, unfortunately, a dear listening audience, it should be noted that the exact costume he is wearing is one of the exact <laughs> costumes I had to wear and be mortified with as when I met Keith Varney. <laughs> Bobby, give me a second with the flower man, would you? Excuse me. He's a client. You can Any Photoshop my face right go. on him, Keith, and it would be identical. Now, please. Sure could, yeah. Just give him a bullhorn and not a microphone. <laughs> All right, now you listen. I was just you don't talk. You're to walk out that door and never come back. I am trying you to end a marriage. You don't deliver any packages. Do I make myself clear? Yes. You say you want to get help, but you don't really want that. What you really want is to continue to live free. Well, let me tell you, if that's your goal, do not, I repeat, do not have any direct or indirect contact with me ever again because the police will be watching. Now go. What is this score right now? Are we supposed to feel sorry for him? Yeah, that sweet, silly serial killer. He brought her flowers, and he... I don't want the fucking flowers, dude. Like, are we supposed to be feeling sorry for him? I mean, he's he obviously spent a lot of money on his costumes today. All right, writer's room. Yeah. yeah. Huddle up. Huddle up. Okay. I'm ready. Here's I'm a ready. Directive. Let's do this. Here's a directive Sight. I have. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. You know, we've done a lot of things. We've we've had some successes. We've had some failures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But without a strong goal, I feel that we're never going to achieve anything but mediocrity. So I'm giving mm, you one yeah. goal for this week, one okay. directive. All right, I'm ready. I want you to sit down and write the most tonally inconsistent episode of the entire run of the practice. Do it and do it now. Okay, okay, good. Now, uh, do, do you want me to leave the audience uh, wondering, like spending more time thinking about the serial killer's costume changes than the fact that he's murdered a child? That would help. But then I okay, need you good. to juxtapose it with scoring that doesn't really support the emotional stakes of the scene i need you to then confuse it with the emotional stakes of the marriage i then need you to juxtapose that with some weird mother i need it all muddy okay okay all right so so if the serial killers uh a costume... enough questions just write me a bullshit confusing episode go no, no, no. this this is this very is important complete... I'm, I, I'm so sorry very important okay. uh so if if my serial killer, he's he's going to be in costume to sneak in to meet with his lawyer. That makes sense, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And he's going to go as a delivery guy. Yeah, right? makes sense. So that's, that's mm -hmm. it's believable. It, it makes sense. So, um, but we, uh, but it's the same day. Uh, should he completely change costumes 
into a different delivery guy as opposed to just the same delivery guy went to the same place twice? Yeah, but not as a delivery guy. We need him as a hotel bellhop. As a bellhop, because bellhops make flower deliveries to, 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 uh, to corporate you know, centers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, is there any, like you know? Obviously, we're trying to escalate him drawing attention to himself. So next mm-hmm. time, he should be one of those inflatable T Rex suits, right? Well, it, well, you know the rule of threes. Whatever the next costume is, whatever the next delivery is, which we know is happening, probably with three minutes left in the episode, it uh-huh. better blow my mind. It better be and make hilarious. no faking sense. Yeah. And around yeah. double jeopardy. Sumo suit, maybe. If a person presents the likelihood of serious <laughs> harm, the court may order him confined to a mental facility. What about a teal sweater, a violin, and a bad blonde wig? For a period. <laughs> Where's the evidence that he poses such a likelihood? Three dead bodies, and Inside he's still joke prowling just parking the lots two with of jumper us. cables. Mr. Walsh, he was That's acquitted the only of those crimes. On the basis of an alibi which has now been recanted. I'm not listening. I don't care. As a matter of law, he stands innocent of those murders. You certainly can't use those as evidence of guilt for the purpose of a Section 12 hearing. Your Honor, his own mother stands before you concerned about his mental health. Even she... If we started locking up people on the say-so of concerned mothers, we'd all be in jail. You have a copy of a message sent to Ms. Gamble, which message clearly threatens... Where's the evidence that concludes he sent... Tom Barry? Look, what are you trying to pull? Who's been this You lose the criminal trial. You're just trying to take another whack at it with the civil proceeding. And what do you have? A concerned mother? She lives with him. She loves him. But now she's tumbled to the idea, my God, my son is a killer. He needs medical help. He may kill again. You're right. We can't get him criminally, nor do we want to. But nor do we want to sit back and wait for him to take another life. Your problem is a little thing called the Constitution. We don't take freedom away from a man based on fear alone. We require evidence. We require proof beyond all reasonable doubt, whether it's a criminal trial or a Section 12. I would submit thousands of people are locked up on the grounds of fear. Yes. We call them Arab Americans. And if you're about to cite this country's despicable material witness scheme as support for the government's right to incarcerate at will, I would submit that you've severely misstepped. This man as a matter of law, has been judged innocent of three crimes. You're actually in here trying to use those crimes as evidence against him to have him locked up civilly. That's outrageous. I don't care how well-intentioned you are or how worried sick... I also also agree, but, like, it definitely feels like a huge issue shoehorned into this episode, not at all about that issue, but... Well, he's done that a couple of times. Yeah. Just sort of like dropping seeds here and there. You know, look, I can't help doing that either. So, yeah, it's I fair. Feel but like they had a whole plot line, you'll recall, that was focused entirely on this with our own Rebecca Washington at the head of it. And they were like, you know what? Let's just like leave it with no conclusion and, and no follow up. Yeah. But Mike, they did the episode about it and it didn't solve it. It's like Dub- George W. was still locking people up. So, mm. his mother TV didn't be. save everything. Your petition is denied. We're adjourned. Thank you. What you did was very brave. Well, that's brave. Oh, shit. You betrayed me, mother. Oh, Russell. He's going to shoot you her in the corner. You betrayed me. Oh. All right, Russell. And you. And you. And you, and you, 
You were gonna love me. Aren't you afraid he might turn on you? No. Oh, well, we're back He's on the devoted uh, to me. And you, Paramount for that lot. matter. I mean, it's been a while since we've been outside. What? Jesus, good God. There he is again Excuse with his fourth me? outfit Lindsay, of the day. Maybe we should ca call the police. What is he, a newsboy now? Or he's just shopping? I think he's just shopping. Tell me why I shouldn't report you for stalking. I will steam. go away forever. I just couldn't so leave steam. on bad terms. As I said, you saved my life. I would do anything to either repay you or... And even though you don't care to hear it, it's important for me to say it. It's important to me that you know how much I value your loyalty. I suppose I, I would like to be friends. Uh, just a behind the scenes. So if you go to about 34 minutes of the episode and watch, you'll notice a really funny thing. As they're talking, they're on a lot here, and so they're having extras walk by them, and nobody's mm -hmm. looking directly at the camera, which is a win. But you can tell that there is some piece of equipment on the floor that every extra that walks by has to move in a certain step direction over. to step over or around and it's pretty blatant and awesomely hilarious i, Keith, I we've bet talked it's a about light it. that's yeah, hilarious. probably a light or it's like or it's a box covering wires i think i've mentioned it before my favorite thing to do is to watch television and just watch the extras and watch who looks directly at the camera or little things like this that's funny it's a good catch but if you don't want that i will honor your wish i thought she made it pretty Stanley. clear we're not friends. He's not you good at client. taking the hint. My loyalty to you derived from duty. I, I don't I want you to be I got this speech a lot life. in high school. And I don't say that to hurt you. Although, her emotional intellect See this here, woman. She's my best friend. Are things you don't my say to a murderer. And this man is on the loose. A threat to her life. Oh. And how did he come into her life? She's a DA and she was just doing her job. You came into my Keith? life because I'm a criminal defense lawyer doing my job. I mean. We want to do our jobs. Are we supposed to see it coming that easily? And then we left alone. Like, is that good writing? Is that terrible? Like, Can you understand that, Stanley? What, is, are you saying yes. it's obvious she just put out a hit? Everyone is murdering. Everyone is murdering. If you want to be on the show, just know that eventually you're going to be murdering. For Lindsay, it's the second time. Can you imagine if the percentage of people in your life got murdered at this point? So like in the last seven years, so let's say like from, from 2014 till now, like eight people you knew were murdered. Just think about their fucked up relationship. Just Bobby and Lindsay alone. Like, how many dead bodies are on their hands? You know what I mean? Like, it, even indirectly, it's a lot of dead. It's a I mean, lot I of dead. I mean, I get occupationally, you come across that more, but still, like, good Lord. It's like Bobby Jr.'s first date. She's like, so tell me about your parents. You know, turns out I'd rather not. Yeah. Everyone's dead. I'm very hot because they were hot. I'm going to say goodbye uh, outside now. of that, yeah. okay? not a lot of good. And you're going to honor that. I promise. Okay. Bye. The only flipperoo would be if Bye. he doesn't kill that person. 
Keith, he's right, going to like kill him, and then we find out it was the mom all along. And then everybody's dead, but the murderer's still there. Ooh. I think we blew it by going in too soon. Now, even if we get more, well, our credibility is suspect. Only with that judge. We'll shop around for somebody better. You better shop You want around. protective custody? He hasn't directly done anything to me or said anything. Helen, have you watched the show? Your you partner got murdered. You're talking about me, I hope. Yes. What do you want? I'd like to file a missing persons report. Did he kill his I'm mom? I'm sorry. My mother, she seems to have vanished. I looked everywhere. What have you done to her? What have I done? There you go, jumping to conclusions again. Where is she? I don't know, that's why I'm here. Could you help? She has to be missing at least 24 hours. Somebody What's saying? Save you can believe her cash is a crook. Me, come on. I'd love it if you could. Again, searching. I'm worried sick. He's killed his mother. No. We we know. <laughs> Yo, Keith, careful. I'm happy the sharks to go are jumping everywhere. Think There's just it's nothing but jumping sharks. What do you think, <laughs> Lindsay? Please don't get Socratic. Let's just have a conversation, and don't fire back at me. My track record for conversation. Keith, Let's just don't start get Socratic. Clean. All right. Let's begin with the premise that I'm I've to. done everything wrong, and where do we go from here? How do I start to get things right? That was an incredibly dishonest thing to say. What? To start with the premise you've done everything wrong? You don't believe that? Not for a second. Why start with the premise you believe to be a lie? I don't think it's fair that they're now writing this exchange as like Bobby's trying to end, but it's like Lindsay who is who's obstinate and will not who will not partake in this conversation. Well, and I I frankly agree with her. Like he's being manipulative and shitty to starting out the fight that way. Yeah, but under the auspice of like that's where they left it. But I think he's just trying to like get to ground zero. Well, whatever. No, we don't, I, to, we don't I, have to take sides. I just think my comment is on the actual, the writing. Whereas, right, they 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 often have Lindsay be a victim of a shitty relationship, but then portray the reconciliation as her being her the being one, unreasonable. The barrier, yeah. Right. <laughs> Why are you so angry? I'm angry. And myself. Why? I'm humiliated to even say it. For pretending day after day after day that my husband's in love with me when I know he's not. <laughs> For God's sake. Of course I love you. I know you love me, but 
PTSD? Definitely. I miss being adored. I miss... I never stop. Look, the idea of splitting Lindsay. up is unmentionable for both I never of us. Stop. That's why we don't mention it. Still Bobby, make up, make up, making me happy from the very beginning. Hmm. It is so dead in this home. It's probably because you haven't recommenced. It has been for a while. Look. Passion. That stuff, it. It wanes in marriage. Especially when. That may be true, but you, you, you don't say children. that part. Things ebb and flow. There you go. Ebb and flow is a better way to say that. And I'm very in love with you. I'm a great lie, Bobby. the direction there do you do you always feel like you're in love with me no do you ever not lately Bobby, I'm bummed you can't see Mike's I face right I now. Was aware of it at the time, but when I started my own firm, I I think I was beginning a process. Process of leaving you. Why do we have to do this? Wrote that great book, Don't Be Embarrassed About S-E-X-A. <laughs> but he, uh, he backed out. He decided at the last minute he was uncomfortable with women. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I, uh, Ted's not very good at that sort of thing. But Mary... If you put a gun to my just talking. Yeah, well, it's just talking. Who could be at the door? Mary, if oh, I is, were... Is he getting a delivery? He's definitely not upset his mom's gone. I'm not sure. Are we going to see his... I don't even care. <laughs> Can I help you? Special delivery for. Uh, He's got so many delivery outfits. I have a third complete delivery costume. A third complete. Is it a bomb? What are we? How are we killing him? Now, does he have all these costumes? Like just in a closet, or is he going and getting a new one every time? Tell me it's not to be. Is it continued, or that we just is that the? What is? What are we even doing? Next, <laughs> on the practice. Your best chance at seeing freedom again is insanity. Oh well, that's boy. a different case. So I guess that's it. Is that it? I do. I can't tell you that. That'd be against the rules. But you want to know what's not against the rules? Sticking around for our fake award show back on the YouTubes or just, you know, keep listening with your ear holes. Let's do this. And we 
are back, baby. Whoo! I am excited to hear how Mike is going to recap this episode in a segment we call... Mm, two, three, four. Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Segment! Segment! I don't know. The guy, like, maybe he killed his mom after all that, and because, like, they were going to put him away, and then, like... But like we're not sure, but I guess we are sure. And then like the other guy that is like a delivery guy, but he's also a joke. But he's like killing, just keep, keeps killing people and like shipping their bodies to to Lindsay, who is now not in love with Bobby, so she's breaking up with him for reasons. And then in the other case, uh, some happen. That was that. I think that was that. I think I covered. It. Uh, okay. Oop. Well. Oop. That was confusing. Let's be confused again in fewer syllables in a segment we call... That countdown is my confusion, Keith. Uh, Mm. My countdown of of patience left. Uh, I also forgot to do the uh, haikupsi, so here we go. Oh, here we go. Let's do it. Mail me the body. Mike counts on his fingers. I guess the son killed his mom? Mm hmm. Lindsay is fed up. Yes! Well done. On the on the fly. Well done, great. sir. It wasn't great. No, I thought that was I thought that was a better recap than your 30 seconds. Well, I that, feel I feel like that, that was, really that's did That's not a high bar to surmount. <laughs> We're not about high bars, but we are about high production values for our intro <laughs> for our award show. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice podcast in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions proudly present Oopsie. The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. Pow. What the hell are the Oopsies? Well, Jackie, they're a fake award show. Uh, that begin with the very prestigious. (laughs) The gift that, like, I want to unwrap that under my tree every day. Uh, So does your mom. Um... Keith, this episode fucking blew my mind in so many ways. Um, I was not, I don't think I was prepared for it. I was actually ready for like a really good episode to conclude this, but wow. Uh, talk about Cole. Um, mm. So, I, who, did anybody do good lawyering here? Was, I guess, I mean, Lindsay somehow. I don't know if it's her lawyering, though. I was going to say, like, it is a a goddamn miracle that this man is not in prison. He just, he's not even a good serial killer. He's he's very bad at it. He keeps showing up. 
His fingerprints are all over everything. He's the only mm-hmm. thing keeping him out of prison is his lawyer, who somehow just keeps her mouth shut and does not employ any of the tactics she could have used to get him in prison. But uh, and like there are apparently like no police, like in yeah. this in the city. Like Ray Brutza, what are you doing? This guy's not smart enough to. Uh, he's, he's making so many costume changes. Yeah, How clearly could you not he have showed up at now? the office a few times to drop off a dead body. Maybe just I don't know, hang out at the office for a while. I don't know, maybe. Um. Yeah, I, I, there was no resolution in the like other case. I don't know, can't well, you tell me? I have All no right. idea. No, I'll I'll tell you who the MVL is. Uh, from the standpoint of his client, that goes to attorney Barry Peterson, which was uh, which was Russell Bakey's lawyer who kept him out of uh, the insane asylum. Oh yeah, yeah. So, like, the only legal maneuvering that actually happened was the civil case that Helen tried to put up and got smacked down uh, by the judge. Yeah, but had he been committed, his life would have been saved. This isn't about saving lives. This is about... Clearly not. (laughs) It's within the courtroom. I I don't know. It's a mess. Barry Peterson, (laughs) he's the MVL. Uh, Congratulations. I just declared that for both of us. You get the M-V-L. Coming up next, uh, it's time for Best Guess, but I feel like today, because we've been going double time all of season seven, this feels like halftime Best yeah, Guess. I agree. Okay, That's what the writing staff was working on. <laughs> Already famous because you've been on TV, getting a paycheck. Or first entry on your IMDb. Way to go, but you're the best guest actor. You are the best Guest actor, you are the best guest actor on the episode. Special delivery. Um, I actually think that the woman who played the Academy Award nominee, Leslie Ann Warren, Leslie Ann Warren, gave a great performance here. Whereas it was a little like, you know, they went. This, they had a, a particular style in mind last episode. This episode, I actually felt like here was a woman who was maybe still sexually attracted to her son, but but also uh, felt bad about what he might have done or was conflicted or was uh, coming to terms with and having a realization. She was doing some heavy lifting emotionally, which I thought was great, and still uh, was able to tie that to a performance last week where she had to be a little more... Uh, potentially uh, uh, um, antagonistic. So I thought it was a really a really good performance in a, in a, in a fucking mess of a tonal episode. Uh, yeah, well, I, here's the thing. I, I can't give it to her, and it's not for reasons that are not her fault, right? Because she's had to play two completely different characters yep. in these two yep. episodes. Like, last episode, she's this, like, evil, like, conniving. She's, like, angry and manipulative, and we we think maybe she did it. This episode, nope, never mind. She's just, like, a nice, normal mom. And I I don't know which one is the truth. I just know that she was written to be two completely different characters, which she played perfectly well. Uh, But it's, it's not her fault. She played it straight. They just should have changed the name of the character. Uh, so I'm actually going to give mine to Tom Barry as Judge Watson, who ha- just had one little speech there, 
but I felt like, oh, for a second there, we were in the real world. And uh, so there it is, Tom Barry. Under, yeah, you wouldn't have expected. The underdog comes in and gets half an oopsie. All right, now it is time for... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Well, you know, I think Kelly Williams this week... Uh, I won't say Lindsay Dole. I don't. The everybody was kind of given disservice this week by just like give. I can't imagine reading the script and trying to make heads or tails of it. But uh, I feel like Lindsay had the most to do emotionally, mm-hmm. uh, and and trying to justify all of that as an actress, um, and ground it, and try to like make it all work is. <laughs> she did yeoman's work. She was she was given a lot this week to to make heads or tails of. They all were. Um, we'll talk about it more, but I think she did the best under the circumstances. Yeah, no, I I think so. Um, she did a really good job. I mean, honestly, like the the scene with the scenes with her and Bobby, I thought she did an excellent job. I mean, the uh, as the character of of uh of bobby is a bad actor dylan did a great job acting bobby not being able to act um but i you know her character's motivations especially as it relates to the serial killer make no sense whatsoever but she's clearly emotionally invested in what is happening and uh yeah i it's not her fault uh, but she did a really good job, so congratulations, Kelly <laughs> Williams. It's not your High fault. High praise indeed. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Okay. Uh, uh, speaking of somebody who, it, it's always their fault. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Uh, I'll keep it brief. Uh, Tom Brady being delivered in a giant package. Oh, in a giant package. All right. Congratulations, Tom Brady, being delivered in a giant package. Tom Brady for winning the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. All right. Uh, look out, kids. This is the one we're going to need to stretch for. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. What the hell hmm. was that? I don't even know where to begin. I, I I have not collected my thoughts. We sort of had if you if you haven't picked up by listening to the episode, uh, I don't I can't make heads or tails of what just happened. T- the tonal inconsistency is off the charts. The fact that it's a the, a, a the second part of a two parter that is almost completely divorced from the first part. Whereas mm-hmm. in one of the cases, in the Lindsay case, she continues to make the same stupid mistakes with completely predictable outcomes and then serves up somebody for murder blatantly and and even kelly was like tried her best to not act as if she was doing it on purpose but it's almost like she lizzie can't be that stupid she cannot be that stupid and thus you can almost read intent in it even though you know that that's not it it's just she was just served so wrongly in the other case um they completely changed the character, one of the characters. They completely changed the entire dynamic between the characters. And then they have yeah. Helen, 
I'm not even going to try to like parse it. It's it's unparsable. It's bad. Uh, it feels. I don't even know if it's just terrible writing. If if is it laziness? Is it just like whatever? Let's just wrap this shit up and like make it create. I and then you add the Bobby Lindsay thing, which. To be frank, I mean, I think part of me is just mourning because, and it is clear, like all the stuff, all the stuff they've been through. He's they've clearly made it clear that he's not very emotionally supportive. He hasn't done the work. Like it makes sense. It makes sense. She's coming from a place of honesty too, and they made Dylan like really be a bad. It, 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 but I don't see that that's serving anything. It feels like something they're like maybe in the writing room. They're like we can split them up, and then maybe we can bring them back together, and it'll give us somewhere to go. And but. It just feels like added on top of all this other shit that's a big fucking mess in the episode is like just, I don't know, it loses it loses impact because of where it's stuck in, in I think, in this episode. But the most egregious is the plot line with the, <laughs> I hate to put the mother and the, the mother-son murderer, the son murderer aside for a second, but like we have to talk about the delivery boy murderer. Right. Forget Stanley his obsession Deeps. with for, forget his obsession with Lindsay. Let's put that aside for a second. Just like the writing of that character, of all the bad guys we've had, and we've had some scene chewy characters. You're telling me that like the idea of like let's make this guy clearly mentally ill, clearly just terribly silly. I mean, the oversized package of the girl's body, the rocking in the rocking chair. The three delivery suits, the stalking Lindsay outside of the news thing. The it is absolutely fucking ridiculous. And we've already ha and we had an actual Hannibal Lecter actually noted as a Hannibal Lecter car carbon co carbon copy episode. Mm -hmm. And this is still more ridiculous than that. I can't even I can't even understand how it how somebody greenlit that this is what we should do. And then on top of that, to have, quite frankly, our smartest lawyer, Lindsay has been established as like this wonder kid of, of like law and litigative skill, just completely, basically uh, enable this guy. And they don't set up the stakes as to why. It's not even like, is it because they're old buddies? No, she clearly makes that clear. Is it because he's a little he's a little off and so she feels like she has to protect him? It doesn't even really, it just feels like she's fed up with him half the time. And then they have this scene where he's in the room with the mom and there's all this, they, like, they set all these chess pieces like there's some big move coming, but no, she's just gonna deliver the body in a big brown box and nobody saw it happen and then he gets away and then he kills the guy. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, there's jumping the shark because you can run out of steam and there's doing things for sweeps and there's Bobby McGrann, but there's all that. And then there's just an episode where you're like, what the fuck are we doing? There's too much talent across the board for this to happen. Yeah. I just, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I'm not mad. No, I am mad. I'm mad and disappointed. And I'm pissed now because now I'm sad for Bobby and Lindsay. Like at least there was, it was something. That, just pretend for me, Jesus. Wait till I get turn 18 at least. <laughs> Maybe yes. I'm mourning my own my watching my parents, but uh, eh, I'm not. I didn't need this too. It's fucking Christmas, man. <laughs> <laughs> on top of everything, David E. Kelly, come on now. Uh, yeah. Now, wait. You, you know, oh, hold on. Oh yeah. 
So I'm I'm open to the present, Keith. You know, David E. Kelly's reaching into his stocking right now, this episode mm-hmm. before Christmas airs, and uh, he's not pulling out even a five. He's pulling out 3.9 spare tires. Wow. Whoa, shots fired. Yeah. As I was watching this, especially the second time going through it, I'm thinking... Mike, have you ever written something when you've maybe had a couple of cocktails and probably shouldn't be writing at that particular moment? Yeah, usually why'd you break up with me emails, but yes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, you know, you, you get that idea, you know, you're you're like like two cocktails past This you is know, gonna work. Where you should be, and you're like, oh my god, what a great idea. I'm gonna dive into this. And and it all makes sense and it's beautiful and you see the matrix and it's so cool and so exciting. And then like you wake up the next morning and you've maybe got a little bit of a headache. Like it wasn't like blackout, but you maybe got just a touch of a headache and you realize that you reread what you wrote and it's both uh, like uh, ripping off like the last episode of television you saw plus like I already wrote this song, but like, this is worse. And it's just an incoherent mess that you should just select all delete and be like, yeah, no, that's not something that should exist. Well, this time they were like, perfect green light go, uh, with, with that, like, you know, and I have to say, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of like, there, there are three elements here I would like to, to talk about. One, we've talked about ad nauseum, but we keep saying it because you keep doing it, and that is the obsession with serial killer obsessions. Yeah, so right. much that we're like, let's put two in one episode. Right, there's like, all right, so this is the fifth serial killer obsessed with Lindsay. Let's do that and have another one obsessed with Helen. So, you know, because that'll, that'll make it better. So... Serial killer aside, my God, right? Put that in one box. The Bobby Lindsay stuff, right? I don't dislike it. Like, it's a bit of a bummer, but of all the things in this episode, that feels like it's actually been set up a little bit. Um, don't disagree. And that feels, that feels realistic based on what we know of these characters. Is it a little depressing? Yeah. I mean, and if you zoom out a little bit, um, we're six episodes from the end of this season, right? And in the real world, this show was in real danger of being canceled, right? So if I'm David E. Kelly, there's got to be an awareness that I might be six episodes away from the series finale of this episode. And so you split up the central character romance? And it feels like a like an odd place to go with the runway running out, and you know, and this has happened. Um, this has happened in in various shows, long running shows. I mean, it happened in in uh, in in Buffy. There's there's a lot of like, oh, we're gonna like make you care about these two people, and then we're gonna break them up, and then end. Um, and you know, in in this case, that's not what ended up happening, but um, in terms of the renewal of the show. But it was it was sort of an odd choice to 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 go here now. It's a great way to 
I think it's a fat, it, it's a perfectly valid and interesting storyline if you know you're continuing. Um, but at this point, we don't know that. Uh, so, all right. So that's that's part two. Part three, I am actually going to, after we've eviscerated David E. Kelly this week, um, I'm going to let him off the hook a little bit and say the absurdity of the character and the inconsistency of the performances, right? The the inconsistency of the performances and the absurdity of Stanley Deeks and all of his costume changes and all the gags. Well, what happened between last episode and this episode? We had a new director who had never directed on this show before. And I'm thinking that some of the tonal inconsistencies he didn't real like it feels like a director who'd never seen an episode of the show before and thought like oh let's just get you know like costume changes and let's do let's do the whole thing and ha ah, how clever it's going to be he's got a new thing every time and they gave deke so many costumes that Jamie didn't even get one Jamie just had to wear street clothes because they had the, uh, the costume budget was blown on the serial killer and so, and I, and I feel that way. And also pos possibly how he directed, uh, Leslie and Warren and that, that it, it's almost like some of the problems with this episode might have been direction. Uh, okay. It, Hold on. It but looked good. You, yeah. Go ahead. I, I'll take, I take your point. And before you adjudicate, let me just say, uh, to use your analogy from before, let's say you write your new musical Keith, um, right. but you're. You're like you had so much nog. You drank that all that nog, and then mm. you still put up that workshop, right? Yeah. No one's the first paragraph is going to be like, you know what, this show sucked balls, but he was wasted. So you know, we'll, we're going to have to like <laughs> judge it with that bell curve, right? It doesn't work that way. The, sh the episode still is the episode. Oh, I'm not. No, believe me, the, the, it will be reflected in the tires. I'm just, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of doing a post mortem of like what oh, okay. I think might have happened. Less than like I'm 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 placing the blame in the correct categories is what I'm trying to do. I'm not I'm not saying there's no blame to go around. There's yeah, but even plenty. if like what what ways could they okay what ways could they have directed the the the, the, the it's still on the page right like him delivering the box and the hit like that shit no matter which way directed <sighs> even if it was all dark and bright and in black and white it's still what it is. Well, but the, but there's a way like a. You, you you delete the costume changes. You make the performance more grounded, more believable, and you make the character work consistent. Maybe it's not good, but it's not laughable. Like you're if, not now, playing if, it for comedy. If the if but see they kind of shot themselves in the foot because had the other serial killer, the son, his sort of like manipulative, stoic sort of back and forth performance, right. had that been the delivery guy. Yeah, we're on to something. But you can't do that because we've already got that in the episode. And so what can they do? They made him like a little brother. Like he wanted Lindsay to love him, yes, but it felt more like I wanna I want her to respect me. I want he played it like little brother, you know what I mean? Um needy little brother, which 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 is a, I mean like that's a storyline that I could I could go with that storyline. You just don't play it for comedy. Yeah. Right? If you if you want to play for like the conflicting emotional stakes of a serial killer who's compromised in some fashion like and and what what do you do then as a lawyer like it's it, it, i don't know that's interesting 
it's or just not like right. Like had they had this little girl arc with him been played throughout the whole season or over a bunch of episodes, and like the the escalation of his obsession and his other murder of the like there was opportunity there, but they they do this thing where they often like squeeze it in an episode or two, and it feels. It, well, that they, makes it lose. It is TV. They, they played it like a clown show. It became a quick change, like gag, and is completely inconsistent for uh, for Lindsay's character. I actually became and, disappointed by the third real video because all he had was a clipboard. It wasn't even have a good costume. I thought he'd go from like uh, d- bike delivery guy to bellhop to like the next one. He should have been. It should have been I, something absurd. I mean, if you're gonna play it for comedy, you got to follow the rule of threes. He should have. should have been like a Teddy Graham. It should have should have been a singing telegram. Yeah, I'm here at your door and I'm gonna cut off your face. Made <laughs> Glad <black>. you <laughs> let me into your place. Yeah, that's uh, that. See, now that would have been funny at least, even if it were terrible. Uh, uh, all right. So, um, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good at all. Uh, uh I'm gonna give it. Uh, Oh, that's right. I, I gave the Rosanna Arquette thing 4.7, and this was worse than that. So I'm going to give it a 4.13. Well, it's not a good average. I think we that gives us like a exactly four. the nose four. Yeah. 4.015. Yeah, that's not good. That's, that's not good. That's not uh, good. Well, folks, uh, stick around next week to find out whether or not we think it's good. But first off, uh, it's, it's not hard to figure out what the uh, Easter egg is this time. No, but the good news is, is that box at least is still sealed. So let me just give you some advice. Mm. Don't open it. Just take it right to Kohl's. They didn't even ask to see a receipt and mm-hmm. return that shit. All right. Well, if you would like to return this podcast to Kohl's, I'm sure you could get some Kohl's cash for it. But uh, when you do, contact us and let us know what you got at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com on Facebook and Instagram at outofpracticepodcast. While you're at it, uh, you know, don't leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave Coles a review on Apple Podcasts. They need the help as much as we do. Our our box store industry is really struggling these days. But, uh, you know, you can join the jury. We'll happily read your comments, find out what you bought for Coles Cash, and uh, if you would like to send us cash in real cash or Kohl's cash, you can join these founding sponsors, Jorge Navoa, Cloud Lover 69, Leanne Rice, Jennifer Masanova, and Kari Kuhn. Hey, you know, we appreciate you guys. It's the holidays. We wish you and your families, you know, a couple of days off, hopefully, and the best of luck. If you want to give us cash this week, I'm not asking for it. I'm not even putting the links in the show notes. Take that cash, donate it to a charity of your choice. Uh, find something to help the victims of COVID, the victims of anything, the your charity of choice. Donate that money instead. It's it's more needed. Guys, we appreciate you. And uh, next time you hear the the, the 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 Amazon guy knocking on your door, uh, don't expect a body. You might just get some laser sounds. Laser sounds. Yeah, I gave it a go. Ah, uh, yeah, he tried. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs>